We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The names behind the numbers. The stories behind the names. This is the Her Hoop Stats Podcast with John Little. You have people that feel like they can't start their day without coffee. I would always say I can, but I would rather start my day with coffee type of thing. (laughs) And sometimes I'd like to end my day with coffee. And and usually sometime in the middle of the day, I'd like to infuse my life with a cup of coffee. The biggest newsmakers, the best storytellers, the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Here's your host, John Little. Let's go. I'm fired up. Welcome into the Her Hoop Stats podcast. I am your host, John Little. Great to have you with us this week. And our special guest is Nikki Collin, the new head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears. We'll get to her in just a second. But first off, I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast. We've got two to three great podcasts, normally three, coming out every week on this feed. Not only the interview show with me early in the week, but then you got the courtside podcast with Christy and Gabe, followed by a wonderful Unplugged podcast a little later on in the week. Megan Gower puts that together with special guests as well. So make sure to hit the subscribe button and rate and review. That helps us out a lot. Well, a frequent contributor, a frequent flyer on the show uh, is with us. Nikki Collin, the former head coach of the Atlanta Dream. But now, surprise, surprise, as of a month ago, the new head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears. Just love talking to Coach Collin. Loved it when we talked to her as the coach of the Dream. And then uh, I, I just love getting into the differences between her job in the WNBA and what it's going to be like back at the NCAA level, this time as a head coach for the Baylor Lady Bears. Some great conversation here with Nikki Collin, one of the nicest people in basketball. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, It's gone by very, very quickly. Um, Certainly a lot to get done here uh, in terms of putting a staff together and all the things that go with, with, you know, starting 
really from scratch. So, you know, it's been going well. I've been down here three of the four weeks um, since I was hired and just slowly and surely, you know, kind of learning the 2022 class, learning the 2023 class, you know, this week we had our players and workouts for the first time. So, you know, just a lot of things coming together at once, but excited to be here um, and excited to see where this goes. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I mean, obviously there is uh, no shortage of knowledge that you have about the collegiate game. That's, you know, uh, where most of your career, that's where it's been. But at the same time, even in just the last few years, there are a lot of new things about the game that that have changed. Not not the least of those is, is player movement right now. How difficult is that just to kind of get a grasp on and uh, take hold of as you take this job? Well, I think certainly, you know, being in the professional ranks for the last five years, um, I, I'm certainly not as familiar um, with the super young players. Um, at the same time, you know, I know the grind uh, that is recruiting and, you know, and not unwilling to learn very quickly um, who the top 100 players are in each class, um, who who they're connected to, you know, the people that I need to be connected to. Um, but certainly the transfer portal is new. The portal itself, certainly players for years have have made jumps and made moves and looked to get waivers and some players got waivers and some players didn't. And when we, when I used to be in college, you know, you thought, okay, why is that compliance department so good um, at, at always getting players eligible right away? So the uniqueness of this um, is that now it's, I like to say everybody's an unrestricted free agent at least once. Um, and so, you know, it's not that dissimilar to the pro game in terms of going into free agency and, and understanding that um, you, you certainly I'd like to believe that, you know, long term, you don't want to rely on the portal. You don't want to rely on free agency. Um, you want to retain. You want to retain players. Uh, you want players to, to come to Baylor um, to have a good experience, regardless of whether they play five minutes a game or 35 minutes a game, um, that you're helping them grow. Uh, you're helping them grow on the basketball court, in the classroom, in the community, all those things. And, uh, you know, so I think the name of the game is not just the portal. It's the idea of retention um, these days. You know, I even see on the website right now, there is no roster listed for Baylor at this point. And I'm sure a lot of other teams, when you look for a roster for next year, uh, they're choosing to do the same thing. Of course, you guys are kind of starting, you know, fresh and new in a lot of different areas. Um, but as you look forward to next season, the, the players you are going to have back and the players that you've uh, been able to recruit there so far, where are you happy and where do you feel like uh, you've got some even movement for next year to do? Well, I mean, I think movement for next year certainly still relies on, you know, is anybody going to go into the portal in the next two weeks? You know, I think um, July one is kind of that cutoff for the portal in terms of players uh, that can gain immediately el- uh, can gain immediate eligibility, you know, based on the one-time transfer rule. So, you know, at this point, you know, we certainly um, lost some players. There were some players that that left um, before I was ever hired. Um, you know, Jordan Oliver went to Duke and Hannah Gusters followed, you know, Kim to LSU. Uh, Moon used her COVID year to ultimately end up at LSU as well. And so there were, there were certain movements 
um, that, you know, I anticipated. Um, you know, you look at programs that have had great, great success. Um, and Oregon lost a ton of players. And Syracuse lost a ton of players. Um, I, I think we're all going to have to get used to, in some ways, this this idea of movement, even though, you know, our, our goal is to retain the majority of our roster. But, but what I like, um, you know, we don't have huge numbers, certainly as a result of that. Um, but I think in keeping that core group together um, with Melissa and Queen and Caitlin being seniors, um, the fans here haven't seen how good Kamaria McDaniel can be, you know, who is a transfer from Penn State, but then got injured during the season. You know, haven't seen the best of Jaden Owens yet and, you know, really what Sarah Andrews can do. So I think what we've got is a really good core. Um, you know, would have liked to have kept, you know, their 2021 signee and, and Miriam. Um, but I think the reality of COVID was she really didn't have a connection to Baylor um, because she had never been on Baylor's campus. She had never met the Baylor players. Um, and when this happened and the coaching change happened, um, it was logical for her to want to find the right spot, landing spot for her. And, you know, it's really comical, but, you know, I spent five years in, in college or in the pros, and it took me about three years to realize there weren't a lot of rules. Um, because I kept asking, am I allowed to do this in free agency? Can I take them out to lunch? And then I get back to the college game and, um, you know, I'm, I'm asking my compliance people, I just need to go meet with Miriam. If I can just go sit down with her and sit down with her family, like, I, I think she may want to stay. And they're like, yeah, you're not allowed to do that. And I'm like, dang, you know, three years it took me to figure out I didn't have rules and now I'm back to having rules. So, um, you know, but I like what we've got. We've got a player at every position. I certainly wish we had more depth. You know, the 2022 class will be important for us in terms of like con continuing to, to chug along and be Baylor. Um, but but I like the fact that at least our core group is intact, that we have good players at every position. And so from that perspective, that combined with adding Jamie Asbury, who, you know, obviously was uh, arguably tied for being the best three point shooter in the Big 12 a year ago at just under 42%, uh, but with a high volume, I think will be really, really good for spacing for us. You're a people person. We know that about you. Um, not afraid to, uh, like you said there, um, meet face-to-face -face with people, and uh, you're really good at interpersonal communication. When forming your crew, the staff around you, what are some of the things that you looked for as you tried to get that staff completed over the last month or so? Yeah, I think for me, I always tell people that um, I know there are a lot of people that know the game of basketball. I know there are a lot of um, people that have uh, a lot of experience. That's not the most important thing to me because I think that's the thing that you can find pretty consistently. Um, for me, it's about how do they communicate? For me, it's about will they become my family in, in, in a short order? Um, obviously, Tari Cummings is someone that I've worked with in the past, so that became really easy to make that move. Um, you know, meeting Sophia Young and having those conversations early on with her, it was very easy to bring a former player back who, you know, I know will invest in these players in every way off the court, you know, and, and really brings um, – you know, both the alumni perspective as well as, you know, kind of life experience back um, to the staff. Um, but but other than that, I've just been very intentional about, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer in getting to know people. 
Um, certainly there are people you already know, but if it's someone I don't know, you know, before I hired Tony Green, we had a conversation that lasted two hours. We talked three or four days later. We talked for four straight hours. Um, I don't know how you can hire somebody personally that you don't take time to get to know. I mean, coaches don't work nine to five, you know, college athletics, professional athletics. It's not nine to five jobs. It's, it's 12 hour days. It's 14 hour days. It's summers. It's weekends. It's, it's all the time. It's people that you're going to go on the road with and travel, travel internationally with. And, and it's people that I want to be able to laugh with people that I want to cry with people that I'm comfortable and that I trust and, and that, you know, we're going to invest in the players um, at the same level, invest in them as basketball players, invest in them um, as people, you know, and, and really see this as being as success being more about how many games do we win? How many nuts do we cut down? You know, are we really developing these players for life after basketball? And, um, you know, as simple as it sounds, I've always said that this game owes me absolutely nothing. Like basketball has been the one constant in my life since I was in the fifth grade. And and so for me, um, I just can't give back enough. And so coaching is a way for me, for me to give back to the game that I love. I want people around me that love it. I want it to influence their life similarly, not exactly the same. Um, but I think that's the part that to me is, is I'm, I'm not probably unique in that way. Um, I just, that's how I'm going to build. I'm going to build piece by piece. Um, you know, my staff in Atlanta, I didn't rush. I mean, obviously there are different time constraints at the collegiate level in terms of hiring and timing of recruiting and things like that. But I just think it's important to get it right. You want to build the foundation the way you want to build. Um, you don't want to make mistakes. Mistakes happen. Um, but when you get it right from the beginning and you can continue to build, um, that makes it a lot easier. So for me, it's people that love the game. It's people that enjoy being around people. It's good communicators. It's, um, you know, it, it's really about are they willing to pour into these athletes um, the same way they would pour into their own families. For sure. Nikki Collin is our guest, uh, the new head coach at Baylor. Um, of course, formally of the Atlanta dream. Uh, you've had about, you know, four or five weeks now to step back from, you know, leaving that Atlanta position right before the season started, you know, the grieving of that yet at the same time, I know you were elated to have this opportunity to take over this storied Baylor program. So with that in mind, how are you feeling, you know, five weeks down the line as opposed to the heat of the moment and we heard from you that week about you know how you were feeling about having to leave Atlanta for Waco so you know now that you've had time to reflect what's your feeling on all that oh I can't pre pretend it's not still emotional I mean it, it's hard for me to not watch their games it's hard for me to um, certainly not want to see um, them be incredibly successful and um, but you know it's it, we all go through these changes. I mean, this isn't the first time I've changed jobs. Um, I'm still that way with Connecticut and the players that I coached in Connecticut and wanting to see them be um, successful, obviously, anytime they didn't play Atlanta uh, when I was there. Um, you know, but it's it's to me, coaching is about relationships. Um, and and so, you know, in some ways, the grind of what I'm doing now, uh, the day to day. Uh, the excitement of of getting to know these recruits and getting to know my own team and and looking at the pieces and and really starting to like have the wheels um, turn on things that we can do with Melissa and things that we can do with Jordan Lewis and ways that we can play 
um, and ways that we're going to say, wow, like people are, are going to realize how good um, Kamari McDaniel is when they finally get to see her. I mean, I'm so busy that it's that you can take the emotion out of it, you know, for the most part. I think the only time I'm emotional is when, you know, I, I plop a dream game on and I think about, you know, you, you start to have the nostalgic reaction to, yeah, you worked really hard to build that roster and it's exciting when they're playing well um, to see, you know, kind of the vision that you had. Um, but I'm excited to be at Baylor. There's no question I made, I made the right decision for me. I made the right decision for my family. Um, and, you know, it's everyone here has been so welcoming. You know, last night I had dinner uh, with my car dealer and he and his wife. And just there's amazing people um, that that love Baylor, uh, that are invested in Baylor, that want to see the program continue to have success. Uh, they want to see me have success. And so, you know, that's that's at this point all I can ask for is that, you know, I have a group of people surrounding me that, you know, want to see this program con- continue to succeed at the level um, that it has for the last 20 years. I was texting with someone from Baylor last night and they said that you've been a, a breath of fresh air and it's one of those things where, you know, it's certainly no uh, no slight to anybody there, but it's just one of those things where after 21 years, there are differences that build up and that sort of thing. And I know you can't speak to any of that, but when you hear that you're a breath of fresh air and that people are really enjoying your presence, especially when they're in, frankly, in a way, grieving, losing a coach that has brought them 600 plus wins over the last 21 years, how does that make you feel? Oh, grateful, blessed, you know, kind of all those things. I mean, I think that people um, appreciate who I am. I mean, and that that's a good feeling. I mean, it's it's I know that, you know, after I'd been here for four or five days and I went home the first time, I got a text about like, gosh, you've been so great. Just appreciate how gracious and everything you've been uh, with everyone you've met. And I'm like, okay, well, that's not me trying. That's me. I mean, that's just me. Like I, I'm, I'm passionate about life. I love my job. I, I like people, you know, people always ask like, what would you do um, if you weren't in coaching? And, and certainly there's a lot of different answers to that, but I've always said like, you know, kind of one of those bucket list things for me is to own my own coffee shop um, and, and just, you know, be there and have the smell of coffee and see people come in and have conversations with people um, I, I just I like meeting new people. I like I like the energy um, of being back on a college campus, of being around an athletic department, of you know a group of people that want to see excellence in sports and academics and all that thing. So it, it's very easy to be you know myself in this environment. Um, you know the nature of professional sports is you're you're out there on an island a little bit. Um, and I love my job and I love my team. And, you know, but we were a little, we were the little engine that could, you know, it's not a lot of people. Everyone's wearing multiple hats, you know, here you've got more people, you know, I, I still, you know, like it's going to be different for me to manage nine people rather than like five, you know, four or five. And so, you know, as, as long as everyone feels like they've got an important job and, and, and are really a, a, an important part of, of us being successful or the opportunity to succeed, you know, then I'm doing a good job. But, you know, I, I, I am um, always going to be incredibly gracious uh, to, you know, where Kim has brought this program to. 
um, the level that it's on, uh, the resources that are partly because she built this place up. You know, I'm sure there weren't a lot of resources when she got here. And over time, she's a big part of why um, that has changed here. And so now we're sitting here with all the amenities that we need. We're sitting here with this excitement over building a new arena and what that can mean for Baylor long term um, and what that means for recruiting and and the excitement around that. So I'm just going to keep being me. You know, I mean, ultimately, at the end of the day. Um, people will see that I love my job. People will see that I that I care about people in general um, and that everything with me is always going to start and end, you know, with building relationships. Now, I, I don't want to get past this, but did you say you want to open a coffee shop at one point? Well, it's still kind of like one of those bucket list things yeah. for me. It's just like I, I feel like there's um, there, there's two things and I've I, one, I love coffee. I love the smell of coffee. I love the energy, like the feeling that 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 brings in the morning. You know, I mean, you have you have people that feel like they can't start their day without coffee. I would always say I can, but I would rather start my day with coffee type right. of thing. <laughs> um, you know, and sometimes I'd like to end my day with coffee. And, and usually sometime in the middle of the day, I, I'd like to infuse my life with a cup of coffee. And so you know, but it's it's kind of the environment. Like one of my favorite things to do when I was in um, the WNBA is when we would travel, um, you know, is to find a local coffee shop. No disrespect to Starbucks or anybody else. But, you know, when you find that local place that, that might have um, unique uh, food items and just like a, a different environment where people were comfortable and they were we were whether they were working or meeting somebody there, you know, it's an impromptu space. Um, you know, I just think there's an energy in a coffee shop. I always said like I'd be a good bartender, um, but I'm not sure I want to be up that late having those type of conversations after people, you know, have had too much to drink. But like the idea of, of kind of being in that environment where, um, you know, I, I've always said like I'm the person when I'm walking down the street. Um, that everybody stops and asks for directions. I don't know if it's because I smile a lot. I don't know if it's my dimples. I don't know what it is, but I've always <laughs> been that person. I've always been that person that people like are comfortable sharing with, you know, I don't know if it's a middle child thing, but, but ultimately I've, I thought, you know, I would be like a, a morning version of a bartender that people can like share, you know, share problems with, share ideas with, share, you know, like, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe that's a, um, sounds like, more important than it actually is. But yeah, I mean, I just always have said like, that's something I think I would really enjoy. Oh, come on. That's too good. That's just too insightful. Um, so have you <laughs> been to common grounds yet then is the obvious question in way. You know what? Here's the honest truth is that no, I have been almost nowhere. Um, you know, it, it, I, I told my car dealer last night, he gave me a car. I think I've been in this car now for two weeks or close to it. And I told him, I think before driving to meet him at dinner, which is about 10 miles, I think I've put a combined like 11 miles on the car since he had gotten it, given it to me because it's, yeah, I'm in temporary housing on campus. And so it's, I think it's seven tenths of a mile from my housing to the Farrell Center. And it might not even be quite that far. So, you know, that's pretty much my, my back, my daily back and forth is, is temp housing to Farrell leave at eight in the morning, come home at, you know, nine thirty, ten 10 o'clock at night and then, and then repeat. So, um, no, I have not gotten out a lot. 
Okay. Well, that's uh, that's your assignment. Um, you know, you got to go to Common Grounds. They're uh, just on the edge of the uh, of the Baylor campus for me, and uh, give me your review. And just one other observation: Tamika Catchings has a tea shop. You want to have a coffee shop? I think I, I think that's just beautiful. So I, I can't wait till that happens. <laughs> that is uh, that is simply awesome. Um, as uh, you move forward here, Coach, I want to get your assessment uh, before I let you go of the Big Twelve. I mean, you were uh, moving into a a league that looked one way a couple years back, and and now it's going to look a different way. You know, Coach Cole stepping down at OU. Obviously, you are new to Baylor. Um, you've got uh, Vic doing big things uh, down in Austin. What's your thought about the Big 12? You know, I think one of the things that's fun about the Big 12 um, that is a little different than some of the other leagues, and I would have said this, you know, before I got here. This isn't, this isn't me, like, trying to hype the league. Um, but I think what you've got is this combination of, you know, like, for instance, I've known Bill Fenley since I was 16 years old. Um, you know, he recruited me at Toledo. I loved him in the recruiting process. Um, when I left Purdue, I really thought I was going to go to Toledo cause I just wanted to play for Bill and, and then ended up, you know, at Marquette. And so he, he always joked that I was the only player to turn him down twice, um, you know, but I think it's a league that has a lot of different styles. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, um, if you look at the ACC or you look at the SEC, you know, it, it's, it, both leagues are incredibly athletic. You see a lot of similarities, um, you know, very defensive driven, especially in the SEC. I think, I think the Big 12 is a unique league because it's a little bit of everything, you know, and, and, and some of that's driven by how it's spaced out and kind of probably the recruiting bases. Um, some of its coaches' personal styles. Um, but I think you see man in this league. You see zone in this league. You see teams that really shoot the three. You see teams that have been predicated on defense. Obviously, Vic's not going to change in terms of he's going to try to press and he's going to play the dribble drive and, you know, things are going to be that way. So I think there's um, – so you have that um, and you have some combination of coaches who've been in this league. You know you're going to get, you know, a team that just fights like heck in West Virginia – um, you know, regardless of what their roster looks like, you know, they're always going to be competitive because they play so dang hard. Um, and so they're just contrasting styles. So one game plan from the next um, is really different. So as someone who loves the X's and O's of the games, I think I think that's what I'm most excited about is kind of competing against different styles, you know, night in and night out and, and coaches that do things in different ways. Absolutely. Going to get your workout and your uh, scouting reports are going to have to be varied. Well, Coach Colin, really appreciate the time. Excited for what you're going to have going there in Waco. And uh, good luck this offseason because I know that's at least half the battle right now. Yeah, absolutely. Recruiting, recruiting, recruiting. Thank you so much. <laughs> that's Nikki Collin, the new head coach of the Baylor Lady Bears here on the Her Hoop Stats podcast. Hope Baylor Lady Bear fans are fired up. I know it's a hard act to follow when Kim Mulkey has been your coach for 21 years, but certainly there is a difference to what Coach Colin brings to the table, and we'll see how it all plays out in Waco next year. Big thanks to everybody that's a part of the broadcast. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We always appreciate it. Cross my heart. I really, really do. 
The announcer on the Her Hoop Stats podcast is the very talented and award-winning Susie Solis, by the way, nationally award-winning. Thanks to Jared Deck for the music, jareddeckmusic.com, and our executive producer is Aaron Barzilai. I'm John Little, reminding you at the Her Hoop Stats podcast, we're unlocking better insight about the women's game. Her Hoop Stats. Stats.